morning, everyone. Uh, as always, wonderful to worship together. Uh, thank you so much, Jenna and Judith. Uh, you'll see behind me. This is, uh, well, hopefully you'll see behind me. This is um, our series that we're starting today, start of a start of a new month, start of a new season. It feels like it's one of those times everything's all feels a bit new, new uniforms, new uh, perspectives, all of that potentially. And uh, so the series that we're starting this morning, and uh, I believe will take us right through to Christmas, is entitled Ordinary People. And, uh, and so we'll take a bit of time to, to unpack that. We'll share a bit about what we're hopefully going to achieve over the next uh, number of months. But if I can, just uh, let you know a wee bit, stretch this out a wee bit, give a bigger picture, cast a bit of, a wee bit of vision for the next four months as we, as we believe this will be the theme that is going to carry us through September, October, November and December. And uh, Neville has already mentioned the living room. Uh, and so from, so from tomorrow morning, if we are officially going to start a, a rhythm uh, of every Monday, every Monday morning and every other Wednesday night, um, just showing up in the heart of community and seeing what it is that God wants to do. We are so convinced that he wants to do something. Uh, but as I've come to realize, I've come to realize whether it's a, a person, a place, or a thing, he'll... He'll only entrust, he'll only entrust that something or someone or some place to people whose hearts have been expanded, to people who have been moved with compassion, to people who are ready to um, sacrifice, to lay down, to see His kingdom come in this place and in your places, uh, in the same way as it is in heaven. And so, uh, so we've had this place, we've had it, we've got it. Up to uh, up to beautiful standard um, aesthetically, thanks to Amy and Andrew and others, and uh, and so we're going to be there. And we're the plan is that we're going to stay here. The plan is we're going to stay here over these next number of months, um, at least till December, and we're going to give four months. We're going to go at this for four months and see God. We're we're given this time. We're laying it. We're laying our ambitions, we're laying our dreams down and, and we're wanting to be about your business because this is the thing. Jesus reminds us of it in John's gospel that the Father is always working. He's always at work. And often, for me, often I get it the wrong way around. I, th I tell God, God, this is what I think we're going to try next. This is what I think that we should do. Would you come and bless it? But actually, I, I want to be, I want to acknowledge, Father, you're already working. You're already, there is already low-hanging fruit in this community. There is already stuff that you're stirring in this place. And so wherever it is that you're working, can I be a part of that? And this is language that I think you'll hear me use right throughout these next few months. The invitation is always participation. The invitation for each one of us is always to participate. And you could go into so many of the, the gospel stories. You could go into so much of Paul's writing. You could go right, you could pick it up anywhere you wanted, I think, and you'll find that the Father's heart has always been to participate. 
with sons and daughters. And so the invitation for us ordinary people, as incredible as that is, he's the, he's the one as Jenna's already led us. He's, he flung the stars in the sky and he knows them by name. You're an amazing God and that amazing God, his invitation has always been, his heart has always been to participate with sons and daughters whose heart is aligned with his to see his kingdom come and his will being done on earth as, is, as it is in heaven. And so over the, over the months, we, uh, we're going to enter into our, our midweeks. They're going to look like once, one week, in our, uh, one week in the living room and the other week in our home groups. And, uh, and so I would encourage you that you would come and be a part of these. Um, we're going to continue to look at the practices of ordinary people, the ordinariness of everyday life and the practices that we can enter into that uh, could encourage us, could help us to be transformed and uh, more and more conformed into the image of Jesus. And so they're going to take place up in, in, uh, at the castle, up in Balliards. They're going to take place in Rich Hill, and they're going to take place in Portadown. And, uh, and so from the start of this season, from the start of this, uh, this new era that we're entering into, it feels that you would please be as involved in those midweeks as, as, you, as you can. A wee bit of uh, what's going on over the next number of months and we're hoping that you'll journey with us. You'll join us. That is ordinary people. We'll see what it is that God wants to do in, in and through us. Dad sent a message in the WhatsApp group about, about James and how he ended up uh, singing his song to a group of footballers. And at the end of the message, it said, only God. And so that's, that's what I feel like I want to, I'm longing for that. I want to I wanna give myself to those moments where I could, at the end of a message, at the end of a, at the end of a, at the end of a week, I could say, only God. It was nothing to do with our performance. It was nothing to do with our programs. It was nothing to do with any of that. It was only God. And so I'm longing for those, those moments uh, as we as we enter into this period of this new series and seeing what God wants to do. Father, I pray that as, as we begin this conversation, as we open up where we want to go over these next weeks and months, that Holy Spirit, you would come and, uh, and allow us just to connect with your heart, allow us to connect with your with your vision with your dream, with your goal. We want to be about your business. We want to be just like Jesus who said, don't you know that I'm always about my father's business? That, let that be the desire and the attitude, the reflection of, of hungry hearts. I just pray that there would be a hunger in the room. I pray that there would be a humility in the room. And that, that, that's what you're so attracted to. Holy Spirit, we don't, we don't have to ask you to show up because you're always here. You're always here. But it's hunger and it's humility that you're attracted to. And so would you find hungry, humble hearts that you can form and fashion and use in Jesus' name. Ordinary people. Um, I... Uh, this is really important for me because I, I've spent a lot of my Christian experience elevating the extrovert. 
I have spent so much of my Christian experience trying to replicate those with the big personalities. I've, I've went after charisma at times more than I've went after character. I've went after the fancy program. I've went after all of that. And there's been times that I have believed that my significance is based on what I achieve. I believe that my significance has been based on some misguided notion of success. And, uh, and so I don't know if there's anybody else in the room that feels like that. If you don't, this is going to be a really uh, exhausting four months for you. But if you do feel a wee bit like that, uh, we're all, and I think a lot of us will find ourselves in common ground. There's been, even within the church, there's been notions and images and statements of what success looks like. And I'm just not so sure that they are right. And there's been a bit of a freedom I've sensed, I've felt, the, and, and, this is, and I've heard me saying this before, the more I've looked at Jesus, the more I've been attracted to the words and the ways and the person of Jesus, all of those notions of success, all of those, all of those beliefs in how I find my significance or how I find my worth has slowly begun to fall off. Now, don't get me wrong, there's still times that I, that I be, as I shared with the guys yesterday, there's still times that I be riddled with self-doubt. There's still times where the temptation, my default is to retreat. But when I, when I catch the heart of Jesus, when I catch the words and the ways of Jesus, there's something about, there's something about what I've believed success to be completely flips on its head. And as I, as I watch the people that Jesus chose right at the beginning, he could not have chosen more ordinary, unpolished men than fishermen. He couldn't have chosen more ordinary, unpolished men to follow him than fishermen. And you know, this is what struck me. And I, and I hope you hear me right. Because I think our beliefs, what we believe, and our doctrines and all of that are, are important. I, Judith will tell you, I could, if, if I could, I would read from the morning to night. I love it. I could, I could just absorb books all day long. I love wrestling with new ideas. I love wrestling with, with different thoughts from different places in the Bible. But I've just been struck again, and this is, is, this is, this is really simple. But there's times where I need to get back to the simplicity of the words of Jesus. And he came to these ordinary, unpolished men and said, follow me. Jesus could have came. I think he could have came. He could have came and says, guys, here, here is the truth. Believe it. Here is the truth about me. Believe this. But that's not what he did. He came to these ordinary, unpolished, untrained, uneducated, little-skilled men and said, I am the truth. Follow me. For me, that's a big difference. I think a lot of my Christian experience, I, I went to the word to say, here is the truth, believe it. But the, the word is to reveal to us Jesus. The, word, the, word, the purpose, the point of the word is to reveal to us Jesus. And Jesus says, I am the truth, follow me. And so for ordinary people, that is, the, that is how I want to start our time. By saying, we're, we're looking to Jesus, we're acknowledging that he is the truth, and we're following him.
And I love Mark chapter 3, verse 14. It's the account that Mark gives of the calling of the twelve. And it's verse 13, I think, that speaks of him calling these guys out. And then it's verse 14 that says, And he called them to be with him, and then to send them out. And I have increasingly been struck by the importance of the order of that. So often in our busyness, we're really, we, we want it really fast now. We, 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 we struggle with the slow. And you know, presence, presence-centered people, I think there's a, there's a, it's a slow ecclesiology. It's a slow, it's a slow burner at times. Because we, what we want is the, is the doing the stuff. Jesus, I'm signing up because I want to do the stuff. But the heart of Jesus is that you would be with me. The heart of Jesus is, guys, come. Use are the ones that, that are going to be a part of this. Use are the ones that are getting the front row seats to this. Now come and be with me. And I'm struck by the order of that. And, and, I, and we go to Acts 4, verse 13, and, and uh, Jesse and Judith and Andrew and Julie had shared with us a number of, a number of weeks back. And again... I'll be really careful because I know these guys are special and wonderful, but really ordinary, an ordinary mom, an ordinary coffee shop. You're more than that, Jesse. But ordinary people who had been with Jesus. And everything that they had to say was ordinary men and women who had simply been with Jesus. And that is what gets the attention. That's what caught my heart those two mornings that you guys spoke. It was, it, what caught my attention was here is, is ordinary people who had been with Jesus. And that's what got the attention of the people in, in, in the days that Peter and John were walking the streets and the towns of the first century. What struck the people that watched on at the life, it wasn't, it wasn't even necessarily all the signs and the wonders. It gathered attention. But what seemed, to, what, what seemed to strike people initially was here were ordinary, unschooled, untrained men who have been with Jesus. And that becomes, and I think that becomes the pattern that, that, uh, that we want to look, that we want to pursue. And so what I want to do over these number of weeks is, is ask some questions. And in the ordinariness, in the ordinariness of our daily lives, are there practices that we can look at? And are there people that we can hear from that will encourage us, that will motivate us, that will inspire us to be with Jesus? Are there practices uh, are there, are there in, in the ordinariness, ordinariness of our daily lives, are there practices that we can look at, people that we can hear from, that will inspire and motivate us to be conformed into the image of Jesus? And so whenever we first, the first Sunday that we came here, we, we, had a, we initially came here for six weeks. And we came here for six weeks and we did a series, Jesus Is. We presented things about Jesus. Jesus is friend and he's normal and he's truth and all of that but but I think I want I think I want to push us a wee bit more this in this season because I I don't want us to become a people who who just learn things about Jesus but actually rearrange our lives to put Jesus words and his ways into practice for the sake of the world for the sake of the world. I want us to just know about him. 
I want our lives to be rearranged to put Jesus' words and ways into practice for the sake of the world. For the sake. And for some, it's that, that, that is possibly going to take a lot of rearranging. For me, is in the, the, last, the last number of weeks, I've, I think I've be, began to identify those areas where there needs to be a wee bit of a rearrangement. And I'm wanting to rearrange my life, my priorities, in such a way that I, it's almost inevitable. It's almost consequential that Jesus' words and ways are put into practice for the sake of the world. And there's sometimes verses that, that, that we ignore. Sometimes we go to the, to the big events. We go to the hyped-up worship sessions. We go to, the, we go to hear the big-name speaker. And then I find myself going through the First Thessalonians, for example. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, um, Paul says, uh, make it your ambition to live a quiet life. That's not what I'm being told. That's not what these big names are telling me from the front. Make it your ambition to live a quiet life. Make it your ambition to live in such a way. And this is where I think it shifts a wee bit. Make it your ambition to live in such a way that your daily life will get the attention of those that you rub shoulders with. And that's what we're after. As ordinary people, that's what we're going to go after in these number of months. That our daily lives, that our daily lives in the ordinariness of our daily lives would get the attention of those that we rub shoulders with. It's going to take us being with Jesus. And, and so over these next number of weeks and months, we're going to highlight ordinary people throughout the scriptures. We're going to highlight ordinary people throughout history old and right up to present day that knew what it was like to be with Jesus. That knew what it was like to rearrange, to reorientate everything, to put the words and the ways of Jesus into practice for the sake of the world. And some of these people are the most ordinary, unlikely people that, <laughs> that you would think would ever, would ever be used to do such incredible things for the sake of the broken and the lost. For the sake, I've been struck, <clears throat> I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I've been struck by, by, by David. I've been looking at David in 1 Samuel. Can somebody get me a drink, sorry? Um, <clears throat> 1 Samuel, uh, that's, that's not my notes, it's way off. But 1 Samuel, I've been struck by, by David. David was hiding out in a cave. but He was such a, such a person, such a leader. Thank you, Bridget. God bless you. It's all right, Andrew Gribben can take a blank space and edit it in such a way that that's never happened. Although I probably just spoiled it now by saying all that. In the cave of Adullam, David was hiding out. And somehow he still managed to gather around him those that were distressed, those that were debt in debt, and those that were discontent. And I think... As I, as I thought about that, I've just read about and, and seen and heard the stories of so many people throughout Scripture and history who knew what it was like to be with Jesus in such a way that their lives were rearranged to put Jesus' words and ways into practice for the sake of those very people, the broken and the lost, but the, also the debt, those in debt 
those in prison, those in discontent and distressed. And so over the next number of weeks and months, we're going to highlight those ordinary people throughout Scripture and throughout history. On some of our Sunday mornings, but especially on our Sunday evenings. And if I can just say this as well, that one, another one of the lines, I think some of the language that you'll hear me use throughout these, this time is that Sunday is not the main event. And I hope that doesn't shock anybody or offend anybody. But today is not the main event. And I hope most of you, those of you that know me know how much I love this day. How I love being together. I could not do without this day. I could not do with, I could not, uh, I could not cope with the thought of not being together to worship, to hear, to be fueled up. And that's what it is. We're being fueled up. We're being prepared. We're worshiping. We're gathering together for the main event, which is Monday to Saturday. And so we want, I suppose in some ways we want our programs, we want our, our, our weeks to reflect that. And so we are, we're going we're gonna to still do Castle Church, we're going to still do Cafe Church. But those two other Sunday evenings, we're just, we're just going to keep them as we've done over the summer, we're just going to keep them free. There's a, there is stuff that we're, gonna, we're talking about, there's still stuff probably in a more informal setting that we're going we're gonna to try and, and put, put together. But in our Sunday evenings, probably especially, but also in our Sunday mornings, we want to hear from other ordinary people. I put up on, um, I put up on Twitter uh, during the week that we must recapture our ability to learn from those outside our circle. And again, if I was to, if I was just to share a bit of testimony this morning, I that has been a huge part of. Uh, the last couple of years in my journey with Jesus, the ability to learn from those that are outside of my circle, those are outside of those that think like me, talk like me, behave like me, go to the same places that I go to. There has been a richness that I have found in the diversity of the body of Christ that I think that I am recapturing, but I think some more of us maybe need to recapture we need to recapture the ability to learn from those outside of our circle. And, and I want to, I suppose I want to qualify it by saying conviction is a beautiful thing. Conviction and what you believe and what you hold to in that circle is good, it's beautiful, but so is humility. And we want to learn uh, from those that are outside of our circle. And what I've, what I've absolutely loved about how we started off with this morning and, and I want to be careful. I'm not, you guys are extraordinary. But, but in, in many ways, Dermot and Brent and James and Robin, ordinary men who have simply just said yes to Jesus, who have simply just committed themselves just to being with him and, and getting caught up in the wind of his spirit, we'll go where you send us. We'll say yes when you tell us to go. We'll stop when you tell us to stop. We'll get caught up, whatever it is that you're taking us. We want to hear from those people. But in many ways, there couldn't be more four diverse men that we've talked about today. All from different nations, all from different nations, all from different backgrounds, all brought up completely different. But here we stand, we stood this morning and, and, and prayed for them and celebrated them and honored them. And I just want to capture, recapture the ability to, to receive from those whose backgrounds are completely different from mine. 
those whose understanding of certain things are different than mine. Those whose even nation and culture cause them to see things differently than I see them. And I think that is really important for us. Other streams and other traditions have much to teach us. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to highlight ordinary people throughout Scripture and history. We're going to hear from other ordinary men and women. And we're going to talk on our Sunday mornings and unpack them further in our home groups. We're going to talk about practices. We're going to, be, we're going to talk about different practices that we, can, that we can pursue, different practices that we can engage with that, that help us, that help us in our, the ordinariness of our daily lives. Dallas Willard, he's an incredible, incredible author. He's wrote this wonderful book, and as much as I say I love reading, Dallas Willard uh, wrote a book, The Divine Conspiracy. And, uh, and it's one of those books that's so intimidating. It's about four or five hundred pages. And uh, I get stuck into it, and then I leave it, and then I come back to it. And I st- try to start from where I left off, and I just can't. So I go back to the start, and then, so anyway. But anyway, Dallas Willard says this, Transformation is, all, is actually carried out in our real life when we dwell with God and our neighbors. So Dallas Willard has a lot to say. But when it comes to speaking about transformation, it's as simple as that. Transformation is actually carried out in our real life where we dwell with God and our neighbors. And so we're going to look at some practices uh, just in the ordinariness of our daily lives. When our real life is just being carried out, are there practices that we can engage with? Because every part of life matters. Neville's already used the language, and it's not in the same context that I'm using it, but there needs to be that, that idea. No more compartmentalizing. No more just putting our different things into different compartments. Every part of life matters. Every part of what we do is, is significant. Everything that we do is redeemable. And so I don't know, again, I don't know if you're like me. But there's times where I hear the big story, the big preacher, go to the big hyped-up worship event. There's times when I reflect upon that and I'm almost guilty of, I'm almost find myself guilty of wanting, the, wanting Christianity with all the dull bits taken out. I want the Christian life. I'm wanting to be part of all of this, but how can I edit? How can I just remove all of the, all of the dull bits? How can all the dull bits be cut out? But it's, it's our rest. It's our work. It's our engaging with our neighbors. It's taking care of our bodies. It's our eating. It's our sleeping. It's our making our coffee. It's our whatever it is, conversing over the fence to our neighbors. It's all of that. Sometimes we think those are the dull bits that need cut out or those are the dull bits that need spruced up. But what if? What if those boring parts? What if those boring parts matter to God? What if every part of our life could be infused with the life of Jesus? What if we could get to that place where we are increasingly aware of his presence? And I think that's where I want to take us next week. I'm going to wrap up now. Where I'd love to take us next week is that... is that idea, where can we go from his presence? And often I'm as guilty of this as anybody, but come Holy Spirit. Right, Jesus, we're ready for you. We welcome you. Come on ahead. He's always here. <laughs> where can we go? 
how could we get away because you're always there. If I were to go as deep as, as possibly I could go, you're there. If I get to the highest place, you're there. But for me, there's something about an awareness. There's a peace around awareness that I think that we want to talk about, that we want to pursue. What if, what if those seeming boring parts, we could, we could find practices that suit us, find practices that, that just connect with us, that will increase the, our awareness of his presence. Increase our awareness of, of what he's saying and what he's calling us to. What if every part, every part could be infused with the life of Jesus? And again, I'm so attracted to Jesus, to his ways. And I think for me, as we enter into this season, as we enter into this series of ordinary people, do you know what? Jesus' ordinary years are part of our redemption. See, it's the life of Jesus. And sometimes we think it's only the three years of his ministry. But actually, he lived, he pretty much lived in anonymity. He pretty much lived just in the ordinariness, living amongst average people, doing normal, everyday things. We're told actually in Luke chapter 2, aren't we, that, that, that he grew in that, in that season of growing up, that he was growing in stature with God. He's growing in favor with God. He was, he was actually, Jesus was growing in wisdom. And I think his ordinary years are part of our redemption story. So I think the, the practices, I think the stories that we're going to hear, I would love us to get to that place where we are acknowledging what's going on deep inside ourselves. Because I know for me, the times where I will allow myself to be exposed to the presence and the goodness of Jesus, it's in those times where I, where I get the, a glimpse of what's going on deeper inside of me. And when we go deeper, we begin to deal with the inner man. You begin to deal with the inner man, the inner woman. And we begin to, do, when that happens, we begin to deal with what's going on in here. It's that. It's that that propels us into the messiness of this world. And I'm aware, I don't know why I'm trying to fill all this in. There's so much more that we could say, but we've four months to get through this. So uh, don't stand. Will you stand and pray? I would love that, just as I pray, that you would, in whatever way suits you, make some sort of commitment to your engagement in this, your engagement to hearing from ordinary people, your commitment to allowing the ordinariness of your life to potentially be rearranged, to put the, life, the, the ways and the words of Jesus into practice for the sake of the world. And so, Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you for this family. I thank you for the joy it is to, to know you. And I thank you that we can know about you. God, we don't want to take that for granted. We don't want to take for granted that we have, we have your word. We have, we, we have the ability to know about you. But, God, you're inviting us for more. You're inviting us to long for more. You're inviting us to pursue more, to push in for more so that we could be with you. And so whether it's standing here on a on the floor speaking to a number of people or whether it's in putting the kids to bed, whether it's in, it's in leading worship or it's making breakfast, wherever it is that we find ourselves, God, we just want to take the ordinariness of our everyday lives and see you do something beautiful. Thank you for those that we've prayed for right at the outset the beautiful thing that you're doing with ordinary men who have said yes.
Ordinary men who find themselves just being with you and being caught up in the wind of your spirit. And uh, so we just want to commit ourselves to what it is that you want to do and say in this season. In Jesus' name, amen.